Hey, hey, what's up, listeners? We're back again after a long hiatus. It's not really a hiatus. We just, we're busy. We're, we're busy people. We're adults. And uh, that means that we don't have a lot of time to do the podcast sometimes. But we're back here with a special action-packed episode to talk about all the things we've been consuming during the break. Um, and it's been a lot. Some things good, some things bad, some things terrible. Um, we'll get into that, though. <laughs> so join us for another thrilling and dazzling episode. Nerd sandwich, comics, movies, nerd sandwiches. Woo, 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 woo. All right. I'm here with Perrine. Boo. And, <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, the audience already has some hatred. And John. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Oh, that, uh, sorry. oh, controversial. Like, is he hated or loved? I mean, I mean, I, who can say, right? And, of course, you have me hosting today because I drew the short straw, Miles. Nothing? No booze? <laughs> no silence? <laughs> <I don't> <laughs> silence? <laughs> Apathetic. It's like, oh, well, it's not bad, but... Who's <laughs> <laughs> that? Wow. Miles? <laughs> Well, <laughs> there's no real right way to there's no real right way to start this. You know, I could crack jokes and I can laugh, but I am not a happy person right now because my week kind of got fucked up <laughs> by like some information that John had told me. Let me just like six six thirty in the morning. <laughs> yeah, let me POV yeah, real quick. You <laughs> You're me. You're sleeping. You're having a great time on your like memory foam mattress with your memory foam pillow this like your body is well known by your covers and your bed you're having a good time and then like you wake up and then you have a text from john and he's like kintaro miura died <laughs> he just I, I woke up and i was shocked <laughs> and i needed to talk to somebody <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> like so my day and my week is shot you know uh we lost a legend guys there's really no other way to say it um, a pillar in the ma- manga and anime community, honestly, Kentaro Miura was the writer of Berserk, which was in super long, I'm talking about 30 plus years long running story. That was just, that was just a masterpiece, honestly, just beautiful in, in terms many of ways. art, yep. beautiful in terms of its story. I mean, I'm sure that it impacted many people and any like, I'm sure many of you nerd listeners who are are aware of this news, or at least tangentially aware, and uh, you know, we just want to talk a little bit about our experiences with Berserk and the time that we had with it. John, you recently mentioned that you were reading Berserk for the first time, actually, um, yep. a couple episodes ago. How's that been going yeah. for you? And it's you know, and it's such weird timing. Because, uh, you know, I've always, I, I looked up to Kentaro Miura for, like, I don't know, uh, unbeknownst to me, like, for a, long, for a very long time. Because I love Dark Souls series. Uh, and I always knew, you know, people would always say, oh, Berserk is, like, the inspiration for Dark Souls. And Dark Souls has become the inspiration for so many other things. So, like, you know, in, indirectly, Berserk and Kentaro have become such influential pieces to, like, a lot of media that I consume. Um, so I started reading it. 
and I am I'm on the sixth deluxe edition, like the hardcover, and they're beautiful. Just the, the large pages really do it justice, in my opinion. Like you, you need that. Just the smaller pages, I feel like you're just not gaining as much. Uh, and forget and forget digital. You know, like it's just. I mean, it's just still really cool. But man, I love these pages, and I'm loving the story. Like everything that Kentaro did, like portrayed, like all the themes, all the just the, the, the art itself is mesmerizing. Like you could just stare at that and like, man, like man, like how did you do this? And the consistently good, um, knowing how when to like shift into like a more detailed shading and or just like a simplistic look or what you needed to portray like rage or whatever emotion. Definitely, it's so good. The amount of detail just that's in mm-hmm. every page, you know, the amount of cross hatching and like, yeah, the shading, like the lighting, like just the scales of a dragon can just be like so majestic, you know, like when drawn by Mira. And, you know, I'm not even an artist. I don't draw. And it's just like anyone with eyes can see like the amount of attention and care that he put into every page of his work. And, you know, he was known for a lot of hiatuses, like lots of long breaks in his career, um, just so he can work harder on, like, making the product that he wanted, you know? He definitely, like, worked by his own terms. And that frustrated a lot of his fans, but we always got a consistent, consistently beautiful and amazing product. And, like, Berserk will remain unfinished, possibly, at least currently, as we know, without him. And that's a shame, but like what was left behind was truly stunning and transformative. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just like a lot of pop culture references are there, you know, like it, it truly has inspired a lot, a generation, you know, or maybe not a generation, maybe, I don't know, you know, I'm not, I'm not super sure, but like I definitely indirectly in so many ways, more so than any other media that I've uh, really uh, consumed before. Yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful seeing, like, as sad as his death is, but in the wake of his death, just how many people he truly influenced and touched. Like, the community's just been beautiful. Um, and it just really makes you reflect on the impact that the series has had. It's interesting because I always, I always like felt complicated recommending Berserk to anyone just because it's oh, such yeah. a dark series like it covers so much dark material but at the same time in this weird i think irony like it also discusses death a lot and like and what people and relationships can mean to someone and so in a strange way it's like his own very dark series can provide some comfort to people that you know because it was sudden his death and it was not expected he's still young like mid 50s um, and so it's like, it can almost in a strange way, provide some comfort just because of some of the themes that he himself has, has written about and about losing someone and how you grapple with that. Um, and yeah, mm-hmm. it's just, we're losing a legend. He truly is so freaking talented. We were just watching, um, an old YouTube video, like covering him the other day. And they had mentioned like this artwork that he did when he was 10 years old. And it looks like some of the stuff that you would see like from a, like a professional mangaka already, like when he was 10, like his, his talent is just like unparalleled. It's, it really is such a huge loss, but we're so grateful for what he's given us. <laughs> yeah. 
honestly, uh, Berserk helped me get through a lot of, you know, darker times in my life. You know, when what <laughs> when you're going through pain or any kind of like trouble in your life, when you see and read the harrowing experiences that Guts and like the characters of Berserk go through, it's it just really like puts it in perspective. And like just seeing them persevere time after time, like after each hardship and each like wall that they have to overcome, it like really gives you strength to keep moving forward. And that's what it was for me when I was like really, you know, down at a time in my life. And so like I'll always be grateful to Berserk for that. It always felt like a gift that kept on giving, you know. And it, it Uber, oh, yeah. No, please. Oh, go, go ahead. ahead. I was it it definitely has a way of just giving you a message that you didn't realize you needed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um like just about something and like it, it was and everything made well i'm sure there's some plot holes in it i'm sure i'm assuming every you know maybe there are i don't know i'm not keeping super close detail the things like continuity of certain things whatever but i always love that characters like oh, guts specifically and other characters too they their rationale for being the way they are or for acting the way they are is totally justified in my opinion like guts isn't just he's not just this very strong angry man because he's angry but like his backstory is like it it just it shows why he is this way and what's happening you know everything just it fits and it flows really well like the power of lost and the power of losing love and losing happiness and um being confused you know from childhood from childhood to adulthood like how that affects you mm. yeah can we, can we talk about how important like character development was in Berserk? I just feel like the fact that we have, how many chapters was it, John, that the Golden Age arc, that is entirely a flashback. Like it is a flashback yep. that is like Multiple. 30, 30, maybe more chapters. And all of this is essentially a prologue to what is the main story. But the this prologue, has so much depth and so much complexity that you just want to stay in here. The manga could be just this prologue and the world that was, you know, established there, but it transforms and becomes becomes something completely different at the end of that prologue in both good ways and bad. And like the fact that he had the confidence to let this manga transform and its story to change and like grow in this new way and trust the readers to follow along on that journey back in the eighties. Incredible. I mean, it It sets the standard. Sorry. It set set the standard for like prologues and manga. And I learned a lot from reading other manga afterward, after Berserk, I learned about its, its influences. Like Vinland Saga has an extremely long flashback and in depth, character prologue and like it only can exist really because of berserk and like Mm -hmm. that kind of like just seeing that kind of beauty and attention to detail once again not in just art but in storytelling is just something that makes it feel so lively and rich Mm -hmm. it was uh volumes three through 14 is the golden (laughs) and how many how many there total i think 39 <laughs> volumes that currently exist. So that's like almost like a third mm-hmm. of the entire story. Mm-hmm. And it was a very powerful part too. Um, man, oh, it, it's, it's so good though. Like the, just knowing that the series wanted to invest in character development without, you know, because if you take all of that out, 
um, it almost doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously that's a lot, but you know, like the the character, like it, it just wouldn't, like nothing would, you just wouldn't understand. Mm-hmm. Like I've never, I'd never been so like clearly understanding of someone's motives and goals and their mission and why they want to do it. You know, it's just like after you finish the golden age, you are one hundred percent on board with like whatever Gus wants to do with Griffith. Like, like <laughs> it, you like you get it. And like, I don't know. That's just something special and should be commended. This was uh this the news of this definitely sent shockwaves throughout the community as Perrine was talking about. Um, you know, a lot of artists have made their their fan arts or something like that or posting up, you know, their their commissions of berserk works that inspired them. Or, you know, have you seen the have you seen the Final Fantasy fourteen online thing, John? I have not. I oh, I heard about it. Yes, they had like a m- memorial or or hosted something oh, for him. So yeah, yeah. Apparently, I didn't even know this. I didn't even. I didn't even thought about it. I guess. But Berserk was an inspiration for Final Fantasy's uh, Dark Knights, and so like all of the Dark Knight mm. class characters in Final Fantasy fourteen met up in this like one location, and they all just like, you know, did their Dark Knight poses and just lined up with candle lit, you know, candles lit at their feet. And it's just like an endless line as far as you can go. And it was endless. really beautiful. Huh. I have to check that out. I did not know that. Yeah. It was a huge inspiration for Cloud Strife. Huge inspiration for Dark Souls, as, you know, we've probably talked about at this point. I actually was able to get back into Dark Souls because of Berserk. You know, like, I was a big fan of Bloodborne. Um, I bounced off the original Dark Souls, but I really fell in love with Bloodborne for my own personal reasons for because I love the Lovecraftian elements. But then like after reading Berserk, it made me want to revisit Dark Souls. And now I have such a love and reverence for that, for, you know, that series as well. Just because like I went back to that, when I went to, when I played Dark Souls 3 for the first time, like I made a guts build essentially. I had a big giant sword, <laughs> tank and everything, all strength. Like I had a blast and it's like, Again, Berserk just keeps on giving in that sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's just like just yeah. seeing the children and that it's fostered and the legacy that it's created has just been beautiful. You know, it's funny too because I, I had just ordered um, the Volume Seven of the of the Deluxe Editions, and they're all they're all temporarily sold out. <laughs> of course. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's upsetting is I ordered it before it happened, and it just and it still hasn't arrived, and I'm not sure. Yeah, something must have happened. I thought about you when that happened. I know, I'm like, it's gonna be tough. <laughs> it's crazy. Like we were just talking about your journey, like one or two episodes ago. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's why it was, like, it was super relevant for me. Like I had the book on my stand right here. And I was like, oh, man, I can't, I just, I can't believe that. That's, that's so sad. But yeah, uh, like I'm really getting into this content and like, you know, I'm, I'm no, um, I'm, I'm not, I'm totally familiar to the not having a full completed story being a thing in very various media, but I didn't expect it for this. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Yeah. As I said um, about, you know, the wide reaching 
shockwave that went through the community. One of the people that was affected um, was, that I found interesting, was the creator of Epo, um, which we were also, me and Perrine were talking about having watched before, you know, the boxing anime mm-hmm. and manga. Like, originally, Kentaro Miura, when he was like 18, like just straight out of college, still in college, really, um, he was an assistant for the creator of Epo. Um, I think his name was George Morikawa. Gioji uh, Morikawa. Gioji Morikawa. And uh, yeah, they worked together for a brief amount of time. And the creator, like Morikawa, had released this beautiful message about his time with Kentaro and just the amount of respect that he had for his talent and how he was like, man, you don't even need to. You already have everything it takes to be great. Wow. Yeah, he had drawn a picture of one of the characters from this the Epo series. And it's awesome. Like it looks so great. I would love to see a parallel <laughs> series where Kentaro draws everything. <laughs> that, yeah. <laughs> yes, that'd be great. And I would also Boxing. similarly like to watch Epo being like Morikawa draw Berserk. He should finish right, Berserk. Right. <laughs> <laughs> all those facial expressions <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah like it was very it was like a, it was an interesting week just watching these um you know condolences happen and it's just an interest it says a lot about anime and about manga as a whole how a single person's like vision can be executed in this way that can touch millions it's like Kentaro Miura did not only the art but he also did the story and it's like, how many other mediums exist like this? You know, how many, how many writer directors are there really? You know, like we get that in movies from time to time with certain auteurs like uh, Wes Anderson or Quentin Tarantino. But like a lot of the times these things are created by teams. And like, you know, of course, Miura has assistants and people to help doing the inking and the lining and things like that. But like most of this is his idea. And that's a great thing about mangakas. You know, they are one or two people, you know, that are just, that have this vision and they want to see it executed. And they work diligently drawing these pages, like 20 to 30 pages a week, you know, pumping them out or in a month in, in Miura's case. And it's like seeing it come from that one person, you get a more detailed, more like vivid experience. You know, it's not watered down by anyone else's perspective in that sense. And I'm not saying that collaboration is bad, I'm saying that there is a beauty in that singular vision that can come from manga. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I can't imagine. I mean, just the drawings themselves uh, makes me feel like, well, there's no way he could do anything else other than that. That's a lot of work. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And he had, yeah, he had plans. I would hope that he wrote notes down or something like that of what the future would be, but I'm also I'm also happy if it ends here, you know, ends unfinished, just a beautiful unfinished painting. Mm-hmm. I heard that there was, yeah, I know there was plans that can like obviously it wasn't finished, but that there was sort of a natural ending, like where because I know you're two volumes or chapters away from being caught up, right, Miles? Wasn't there yeah. like? kind of like a, a nice resting point <laughs> that he recently landed on. Yeah, coincidentally, I do know mm-hmm. how it goes at the very least. And I'm not gonna spoil anything here. Yeah, yeah, without specifics. Yeah, please, just that, please don't. <laughs> yeah, 
It's just that the no, show no. is <laughs> the story is all so much. There's so much suffering in the story, you know, and like there's very few moments where people get to have a chance to breathe, just take everything in, reflect, and like even get some semblance of relaxation. And at this exact ending <clears throat> that they're at here, there's a point where they actually can just breathe for a second, and like that is a beautiful, like poignant place for it to end in a lot of ways mm. just you know like these people who have fought so hard finally get a moment to just breathe and like maybe this is where they'll stay mm. yeah and i just of... mentioned that because i've heard some people who have never experienced berserk kind of hesitant to get like they hear all these great things about kentaro and like the series but they get they're hesitant to start a series that won't really have an ending as far as we know and i just hear one that it's like totally worth it for the experience of just, you know, what he's created and the characters he's created in the story, but also that you do kind of get, luckily there is this kind of natural beat that was created, you know, in the last couple chapters. So mm -hmm. you can kind of make that your ending if that's if that's important to you to have a solid ending to a series you start. Right. Yeah, That that's good to know. That's good to know though. Yeah. So with that said, <laughs> you know, transitioning from the gory brutality that is berserk we are going to move on to something that is a much less a series that is very much beloved but an entry into the series that is very much hated uh we're talking about mortal kombat the movie <laughs> the new no, not the good, <laughs> no one has to know <laughs> so the first mortal kombat movie that's a good thing we don't talk we like we're not talking about that and we're not talking about the second Mortal Kombat movie, which is a bad movie. We're not talking about that. <laughs> we're talking about this Mortal Kombat movie, the one that just came out this year on HBO Max, I guess. It's just called Mortal Kombat. The Cole Young Mortal Kombat, we'll call it. Who? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Me and Perrine watched this one. Um, what did you think about it, Perrine? How do you even, like, how do you even start here? Well, we... <laughs> We had a drinking game, first of all, because we knew what we were, we knew what to expect. <laughs> yes, we, we drank every time, <laughs> every time someone said their tagline, anytime, you know, there was, uh, what's it called? A fatality. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know. It was a lot. <laughs> um, I mean, man, they love their ice effects. Like, I don't <laughs> There, I don't know. It was fun. What's to say? <laughs> it is a goofy. Um, there's, a, there's a new, yeah. It is definitely goofy. Uh, the characters seem to to be characters of themselves at this point, especially Kano. I was very surprised with how Kano was portrayed. <laughs> it's the Kano show. It is technically you know, the Kano show. It is. It really is. Like. Uh, it's surprising at first, but then like halfway through the movie, you kind of realize he's carrying the whole thing. <laughs> like, yeah. like you want to see him, like you want him to be in every scene. Um, he's just like a straight up comedian for whatever oh. reason. Oh man. Wait, like yeah. a good comedian or? Uh, I, yes. <laughs> yeah, just, just imagine yeah. someone like waving their hand back and forth, like that middle <laughs> expression. That's, <laughs> That's their whole experience. Yeah, like I can't tell if it's if it's like 
if Kano's good or if it's just like everything around him is bad that I cling to him. But yeah. it, it works. Like his act, <laughs> I feel like his actor just totally like invested. Like he saw what he was and he just went for it. Like no holds barred. So like it just it works in that way. Like, do you remember um, how Kano got his powers by, like, asking for an egg roll really angrily <laughs> at the dinner table? <laughs> he, yeah. was getting, he was getting clowned by Liu Kang and, like, I don't know, Jax and, like, just everybody, like, the main crew. They're just, like, laughing at him and, like, stuff like that. And he's so mad about not being able to get this egg roll that he unlocks his laser eye. <laughs> what? No way. Really? He yeah. manifested. <laughs> is, is that is that canon? <laughs> right, it's in the Mortal Kombat lore. I'm not a Mortal Kombat fan, to be honest, and I knew nothing about Kano's personality. But like, this was the most sold I've been on Kano. <laughs> so I guess they're doing something right. That's hilarious. Once he gets his own uh, HBO Max TV show, <laughs> yes, Kano show. It'll be like uh, what's it cooking called? Cooking like, with Kano. It's coast coast to coast, like with Kano. <laughs> Kano coast to coast. <laughs> um, yeah. I, yeah, I've actually never been a big fan of Mortal Kombat either. Um, but I've definitely did they do any funny screams? Like you know when they go like whoa, like did it? No, like, there was not a single no. whoopsies, uh, uh, toasty. Whoopsie. That was they good. Made up that for was it, good. Though. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I grew up like. <laughs> Hardcore. I, I like. I, I was a PlayStation growing up. Like I was a PlayStation. Very, no, I mean like our family. Our family was like very much PlayStation, and so Mortal Kombat is like one of those very early, like prominent games in my childhood. <laughs> um, but they. Um, what I was gonna say is like instead of those. Uh, instead of those like calls, <laughs> they had like Raiden with his eyes, like, looking over the brim of his hat, yes. like, repeatedly over and over and over again. Like, that could have just been the drinking game alone. <laughs> yeah, like, John, like, you, like, that's how you know. Like, you, like, you don't even have to be a fan of Mortal Kombat, but you know one of these scenes is going to happen. You know that there's a girl that has, like, a long tongue. And so, like, when you see that, you're like, okay, this girl, <laughs> this girl's going to lick a blade, lick blood off a blade at some point, right? And so we were like, all right, if someone ever does that, we're drinking. And of course, like, right on time. <laughs> <Melina>. <laughs> Raiden, literally every time they just have a close up on his face looking down. And then you're like, all right, let's see his like lightning pupils. <laughs> <laughs> yep. yep. <laughs> this thing, do the thing. Oh, do the thing. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. Do That's the kind of thing, what the monkey. Like. Do the thing. Yeah. And that was, what, I mean, I guess that's where you come Therefore, that's why I'm not sure how to rate it. Cause like they give you what you want, but they also false. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> did did anyone um, use like a, a babality or any other weird like? Nah, you wish, man. I mean, no, there was a fatality. Kung Lao does some cool stuff. He cuts somebody in half. Like it's like it's like a 10 second fight sequence. Really, it's so fast that you're like, oh, okay. I guess that was it. And there's a moment where Kano says, Kano wins. And so, like, of course, <laughs> oh <laughs> you gotta you gotta drink. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was yeah, I was gonna say, were there any like fight? Like someone's like, doing all the, the, the announces, like the stars are blazing tonight, folks. <laughs> <laughs> My guy, can I tell you how the fact that the Mortal Kombat has not started? 
Yes, the, this was the weird thing. The movie finishes before they ever even start the actual tournament of Mortal Kombat. Like, this is all just like a qualifier or something. I don't know. They just all fight outside of the tournament. I don't even know what the hell is happening. They huh. keep teleporting to each other while they're trying to train. Like, they just teleport for That's... whatever reason. And, like, they just keep bothering each other. Like, you want to fight? <laughs> but the oh. tournament hasn't actually started. So I think they're setting it up for a Mortal Kombat 2. Did anyone, was there any, like, a, a pun character in there? Not that I can think okay, of. No, but not really puns. But he serves that job. L- Lizard is in it, and he's just <laughs> really dumb. Reptile, sorry, Lizard. Reptile, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, you might as well call this guy Lizard because it's an embarrassment to Reptile. I'll say that much. He really is. <laughs> he's just, just a chameleon mutant, just crying, crawling on the walls and stuff. Yeah, there was just a was lot. Like- I would say he's there. There weren't just like different color color palettes for uh, Sub Zero, and <laughs> <laughs> that's what I wanted. <laughs> that's honestly what I would have preferred. Instead, we got this like CGI abomination that was like half invisible, just because they couldn't afford to do it. That's what it felt like—a budget cut. <laughs> oh, that's unfortunate. Yeah, who is the, the who is the big baddie? Uh, Sub Zero. Technically, mm-hmm. it's Shang Tsung, but he never does anything. So it's yeah. actually Sub-Zero. <laughs> hmm. I think it's because they really wanted to lean into those ice effects because they yep. definitely lead with that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they turn this, everything yeah. to ice. This is like an icy-ass movie. Yeah. Yeah, they've also added a new character, Cole Young. And... <laughs> <laughs> Hmm. <laughs> let me okay. Let, let me describe him for you. Oh, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> this is Cole Young. He has a family. <laughs> nice. That's it. Yeah. The, the wow. Well, did they are they at least married still, or are they like? He has a wife and daughter. That's uh. Yeah. <clears throat> They're functional. It's kind of it. Hmm. Like, <laughs> his power. Clothes. It sounds like it sounds like just Vin Diesel. <laughs> Vin Diesel would whoop Cole Young's ass. Let's like, like let's talk. Like don't even. I mean, really, his his power is just like it's just like a gold like upper body covering, and he somehow whoops. Is it Goro? The who's the one with the multiple arms? The tall one. Yeah, Goro. 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 Yeah. Yes, yeah. he. He whoops Goro's ass with his punk, like with that weak ass, like body armor thing that he's wearing. It yeah, is he's like horrible. an enhancer. Like he can just yeah. make like a mm-hmm. suit of armor, he essentially gives himself. Yeah, it, it felt really lazy. I mean, his character writing is really lazy, but his power is even lazier. It's just like, just the most. No- it's just like a green screen, like shirt that they put on his body, and then he can just punch <laughs> Goro. And, and like, okay. <laughs> yeah. uh. At that point, I was already drunk, so like it's like okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, I'm glad. Thank you both for watching it. I mean, I'm glad I didn't. So you don't have to. <laughs> yeah, I, I just, I just yeah. never came for Mortal Kombat, and uh, but I'm glad it's like watchable, right? Enough. Oh yeah. Yeah. I it's mean, still good especially time. it's good to like watch with a group of friends for sure. If you have exactly. just one of those nights. Those throwaway nights. 
Definitely. Like I like turning it into a drinking game was the best thing I could have done <laughs> for that experience because <laughs> it became a lot more fun. And there's but a yeah. few fight sequences that are fun. Like I'm pretty sure this would be like a stage combat person's like dream, like in a fun way, like a fun project. Oh, I mean, yeah. I still feel I mean, like they could have taken it further, but there's some cool fight stuff in there. Yeah. Um, Sub-Zero and Scorpion, like, they carry the whole movie as well from an action perspective. Kano is, like, the humor, right. but, like, Sub-Zero and Scorpion are, like, the action because they just, their mm -hmm. rivalry is, like, huge and, like, the actors are actually good. <laughs> so, you yeah. know, that kind of counts. <laughs> so, yeah. Otherwise, you know, it's a, it's a fun, forgettable mess. <laughs> no, it's so unfortunate. But like, maybe, it'll maybe it'll be a sequel. Yeah, it will most seems certainly like will be, be a sequel. So, I think it's time when we start talking about video games. Video games. Because yeah. I know I've been doing a lot of that. And I know y'all been doing a lot of that. What, what, what are y'all What are y'all playing? Perrine, do you want to talk about it? Oh, wow. Um, oh, wow. Well, <laughs> well what okay, you know. so, no, well, I usually play a lot more video games, like, variety-wise, but for whatever reason, after not playing this game for years, I, I've just been really addicted to, like, Overwatch recently. Can't explain it. Cute. Don't know why, but I've been playing a lot of Overwatch. And, who, do you, um, who do you mean? Who do you mean? Well... I'm a little scared to be DPS, honestly, because online they can be mean. <laughs> oh. So I'm usually oh. a support or a tank. So like with support, I usually play Mercy or Baptiste. Those are my two. And then my tanks are um, um, Sigma and D.Va. Um, yeah. And so I found it really interesting because just the other day I was waiting for my sandwich to be made. <laughs> I was at a sub shop and it was taking forever. So I watched this Overwatch developer update about Overwatch 2, which is in the makings, still pretty far off. And they released um, an announcement about the new game because so far they've just released a lot of stuff that's samey. Like it just seems like it's just going to be the same old Overwatch with like different skins. They keep like uh, showing updated hero models and it they look the same i i feel like i go crazy like just trying to figure out what's different about them didn't they um, put like a sweater on genji or something <laughs> sweater <laughs> yeah they're like like they made like some hairs like some people's hair longer or whatever um but and and actually they did age everyone like everyone is supposed to appear older which is like cool, I guess. <laughs> um, but anyway, in this developer update, they announced that they will be switching <clears throat> to a 5v5. And yep, I, heard I found that. this interesting. Yeah. Do you know which class they have eliminated one on? Wasn't it tanks? Yeah. Yep. And I'm bummed. Well, okay. I like, I'm one of the <clears throat> few that's bummed because I play tank mainly. And so does Miles. Miles is a Rhine. <laughs> and oh, are so, you? Wow. Oh, yeah. yeah. We actually pair up pretty well when Miles feels like playing, we pair up. <laughs> um, and so I just found this interesting, like, because I feel like it changes the whole game. And I know that a lot of people are angry about it that play the game, but I'm trying to stay optimistic positive about it because I feel like they know they couldn't just make this change without like there being a reason for it 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I also know that now everyone was thinking that Overwatch 2 was going to be very samey, but now <laughs> it kind of feels like they have to rework every single hero to kind of match this new change of 5v5 with one tank. Um, and I also know that from playing that there's always, always a queue for DPS and support, but tank, they're always desperate for people to play tank. So it seems like that class might be broken in general. Mm-hmm. So maybe this is a good change, but I was just wondering how you guys felt about it. Um, you know, yeah. I, I, cause I was a long time Overwatch player until around when Sigma came out, I just stopped playing just cause I, <gasps> I, <laughs> I so what you're saying uh, <laughs> you said sigma i've I, I really wanted to play sigma uh it just so happened like i was i needed to move on like i just needed different games in my life because i had been playing joe and i had been playing overwatch for years like not like literally i didn't buy other games because i like played <laughs> watch for since like i was in grad school that was like uh, i don't even know how long ago that was almost five years ago four years ago I played it for mm. like it felt like two years straight, mm. uh, along with Destiny. Um, but like I loved, I, in my opinion, if they if whenever they have to limit how like a, a class type, part of me feels like there just needs to be a rework of some sort. Mm. <clears throat> like I I don't know what that would look like, but like I'd, I I I want people to, I would like people to feel like you can truly customize your team and not feel like oh you need one tank. Or you you can only have one tank, sorry, or something like that. I don't know. It just seems silly because, like, what happens when you main as a character that you can't even pick? Yeah, it yeah. sucks for a lot of tanks out there. I was, me and Perrine were talking about um, off podcast about how a you know all the six person professional teams that have been formed out there between friends, you know, and now they have to limit them down to five. And so, like, imagine being with your friend group and like you got two tank friends. And now one of them has to just be cut out. You switch them back and forth or like, how does this work? How do you have this conversation? That's messed up. <laughs> yeah, ruining friend groups for sure. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Put some pros yeah. out of a job. <laughs> yeah. And the other problem too is like, there are so many tanks too, right? There, there are a good amount of tanks. Um, so now literally yeah. we're not, we're not going to see some characters because there's always going to be a tier list amongst tanks, right? Yeah. Um, Aside yeah, from- I th- yeah, I was thinking about like the synergy because like, you know, especially because I know people don't play tanks very often. Sometimes when I'm playing, I'll wait to see what the other tank picks and then try and pick a complimentary one. And, it, you know, like you get like there's something nice about certain combos <clears throat> of tanks and like that synergy is kind of lost. And I kind of feel like if there's just one tank on a 5v5, who's going to pick like like Roadhog, for example? Like, he's cool, but like you need like a shield usually yeah he's right. not a true like, he's not a true tank yeah it feels like, weird to have just roadhog <clears throat> but i guess that's what we have to trust the devs to do to like to balance it and i i feel like what they want to do is make tanks more exciting to play it sounds like that's their goal because people aren't picking tanks because they are apparently not fun i mean i don't get it but <laughs> I, I <laughs> apparently love they're not fun <laughs> and so Could they want to make them they want to give them like more tools, make them more broad players and like give them more bang for the buck. So it does seem like they will enhance all the tanks mm-hmm. and make it worthwhile to play each one as a solo tank. But I, I'm still like wondering what that looks like. Yeah. I, I'm just more upset that I won't be seeing a, as diverse of a cast in each fight. Yeah. You know, like I won't see like Roadhog with Orisa with Reinhardt anymore. You know, like, I mean, right. <laughs> like, I want I'd like seeing that, that, 
that randomness. Like I remember when I first when Overwatch first came out and there was really only one real viable option for healers and it was Mercy um for the most part like all you ever saw was Mer- like the same people on the same team you know until mm-hmm. they buffed other characters or incre- include increased their potency um that's or saw just more characters in general we didn't see that diversity mm-hmm. you know I, I wonder how many people will be like oh we figure out Reinhardt be actually the best tank because he can absorb the most and also dish out the most everyone's gonna pick Reinhardt yeah. Reinhardt is super common, yeah. So you know what I mean, like, or he's the simplest one to use, or you know, whatever. Because I, I'm personally an Orisa main. I love the Orisa. Yeah. Oh yeah, she's great. Yeah. I am as a tank, you know, foremost, like pretty much that's all I play. I try to figure out DPS, but as a tank, I just feel like it's a lot of pressure now that's on me. Like, I'm the only tank on my team of five now, and I have to, like, have the shields for the whole team. I can't fall because everyone's relying on me. But at the same time, I get extra support from, like, the healers. So, like, I'm interested in how, I'm interested in how it w- would feel when you have that such a spotlight on you, especially when the other team knows that there's only one tank. You take out that tank, that's an opening. <laughs> that's a huge opening. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they seem to be um, accounting for all that. They're trying to make, for example, Ryan, they were talking about they want to make him just way more powerful to be able to to lessen that pressure. It does feel like you'll have pressure, but like, for example, the charge for Ryan, they're going to let you cancel that. Like, at like you know how once you charge. Finally. Yeah. <laughs> so that you'll be able to cancel that and be more of a force on the field um, as you can just charge in. Yeah, um, you can rush in and everything. Yeah, yeah exactly. They're taking away a lot of the stun abilities with the damage. So, like, for example, May can't fully freeze somebody. So far, this is all in development. They're trying to think about McCree's stun, like, not fully stunning. So, like, it that that way you're not, as a Ryan, you're not as fearful of being, like, stunned once you enter, like, the fray. So it seems like they're kind of trying to balance things out. Um, they're trying to take out or <clears throat> boops, <laughs> like, where you bounce people off yeah. of bridges, like a... Um, those abilities like Lucio, that, like Lucio, Lucio yeah, or Ariza, that, where you can get people to like fall off the map. They're trying to let that not affect tanks, but affects other people. So I don't know. It seems like they're trying to balance stuff out, but still, yeah, it's still going to be a huge change. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> those things sound great for Ryan and like the tanks and whatnot, but like if you are a McCree user and then you now know that your stun is going to get like basically nerfed. And like all the skills mm-hmm. that you like care about getting nerfed, like how are they going to make all the other characters feel powerful too in the same way, or are they all just being bent right. to fit this new like you know tank forward narrative? Mm-hmm. It will be interesting to see. I feel like they want people that play <laughs> damage to want to play tank, but <laughs> the tank forward dam- <laughs> the tank forward narrative. I love this out. <laughs> <laughs> we're all biased because we're ta- like, or Miles because we're just tank mains. <laughs> Like we can't understand the people that play DPS. <laughs> the tank agenda is here. Tank agenda. <laughs> right. Um, you're, you're, and this this is good timing too, because like I was I saw that developer update. I didn't watch it all because I was busy at work. <laughs> I, I did, so I, you didn't have to. <laughs> but yeah. I I've, I've been really excited to. I wanted to go back to Overwatch. Um, you all play it on PC though. Um, Right. I know. I wish I could play with you terribly. Get on Cross PlayStation. Play. 
Get on PlayStation. No, I'll get murdered. PC kit gamers will kill us. <laughs> I play with controller on uh, PC. Yeah, I couldn't play so. with controller at this point. <laughs> it's weird. Really? Um, you know, I, and I love that game so much. I think it's it's. I mean, I've fallen off. It's been a while, just because I, I just I needed different things. That game was consuming me. Like I was getting to the point where I was I was participating in microtransactions. Um, <laughs> oh no! You know, I bet I was your like, skins were incredible. I bet you had all the good skins. I did. I had a lot of good ones. Um, I bought one. I think I bought Mercy's. Because uh, I'm a Mercy main as well. Uh, wow! You yeah. never would have thought it. <clears throat> I love Mercy. Um, Me too. Really, just really fun to play as her. But I bought her uh, breast cancer awareness uh, uh, skin. Uh, you had to purchase it, uh, and the, uh, the proceeds went to breast cancer research and stuff. But... Aw, best microtransaction. Yeah, but I mean, but then I started buying more, you know, like the like, <laughs> gateway they drug. Hooked, they hooked you. 20, <laughs> 20, uh, 20 loot boxes. And I, I just couldn't do it. I, I, I got, I just, yeah, I got tired of it. Mm. But, yeah, it's so. like a, it's definitely a game you play in bursts, I feel it. Or for me, and I would say for Miles too, because like, I didn't play it for years. And now I'm just like playing it a bunch. And I feel like I'll fall off eventually and then pick it back up later. Were you? Somehow, were you there? At the I be- doubt that. <laughs> were you there at the beginning? I like, wanted yeah. to be. I played on the free days in the beginning, but I didn't want to pay the right. whole sixty dollars for it because it, you know I was mad about there not being a campaign and all that. Really? We wow. did get it. Like we got it like six months or so after it came out, but we didn't really stick with it at first. See, I we love. I loved it. I was from the very beginning. Uh, once I saw that you could be. Ham, um, um, what's his name? Uh, shoot, I'm mixing Winston, like you know, the gorilla <laughs> of the jumping. That's so fun. He's <clears> been <throat> enhanced too, yeah. And Joe, Joe was really good with Diva, like a murderer, actually. Mm-hmm. Like, it would, I would point, I'd be like, Hey, there's someone up there. Next thing I saw, <laughs> nuts, nuts. Yes. it was nuts, but um, you know, stuff like that. I, I, I would love to, those cooperative team based games are super fun especially mm-hmm. when you have people to play with. Um, but yeah, like you all were saying, like going from six to five, I really wonder what's going to happen. Like what hap- will happen to your player base? Yeah. They, they must said be. They just... oh, go ahead. I was saying they must be pretty confident if they really feel like this was a necessary decision for their second game. You know, it's just like, I feel like that's one of those structural things that would stay in place. Like, oh, it's always going to be a six-person team. And, like, for them to lower it down means they must have really thought about it. So, at the very least, I trust them in their decision-making regarding it. And they're like, hey, trust us. It'll be better. And I'd I'd like to see what that is. But I can't help but be skeptical. Yeah. And and the skepticalness comes from, like, because I know there is a Q problem where – they're always desperate for tanks. No one wants to play tanks, apparently. I'm wondering if this redesign truly is better for the sake of the game or if they're just trying to solve this tank problem. That's what I that's what I worry about. Mm-hmm. But if it truly does feel like a better a better design, like they were saying they felt like there's too much happening, too many alts all at the same time. It's just chaos. Now it feels more intentional if you have five, five, five heroes. For example, if you're a DPS that wants to flank, now you're leaving behind four instead of five players. So you have to like really think critically about your about your actions. Like if that's the case, I'm I'm all for it. Like I'll be there for it. But if it's just to fix the queue problem, it just that sucks. 
Mm-hmm. <clears throat> the other thing is like, I came to this developer update mostly for modes. Like that's my, my desire as a player is to get additional modes. And I know they have, um, they have uh, special events where they can change up the gameplay a little, but I'm like, I love the game, but I get tired sometimes of the same like control or, you know, the uh, payload, moving the payload. Capture the flag. Yeah. It's like, I want, I wanted something more and they did announce a new mode called push, but it feels, it feels like, Halfway like a payload. It's just, pay- just, like, it's just payload, yeah. Like, what you mean push? Like that's all I've been doing. <laughs> right. It's just like it's a robot that like it's kind of like a moving control. It seems like where like the it's you you need to dominate this area, but it moves. Isn't so, that Hearthstone? Like, it's sort Doesn't of Hearthstone, new, but it's not. Doesn't Hearthstone <laughs> have a game like that? Like it has a mode like that. Hearthstone. Hmm. Oh, well, like, not that push. I know of. I thought mm-hmm. it did. I'm sorry, not Hearthstone. Um, what's the game called? Uh, they're they're League of Legends. I can't remember what it's called now. Oh, oh, Heroes of the Storm. Heroes of the Storm. Mm-hmm. That's what I meant. Yeah, probably. Oh, I'm not sure. Never played it. That yeah, I played. I it got me into it early in Overwatch because if you played uh, Heroes of the Storm, you got like specific skins for characters. But um, so I ended up playing. Ah. I played it for a short while, um, but then I was like, like, I can't. They're, they're trying to make me play two games to play one. I can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> but if you buy 20 loot boxes in Heroes of the Storm, then you get 40 in Overwatch. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> 40. That's what Tricky. they do. Tricky Blizzard. Mm-hmm. We see you. Right, well, yeah, well, that was just like, that's more what I came there for was new modes. And that's what I was hoping for. And it doesn't seem like I'm going to get much. Yeah, I, I feel like that's that's a problem they've had for a while too. <clears throat> like, I, all their uh, annual events were becoming so stale. Like, they were the same thing mm-hmm. every time. Like Lucio Ball, oh, more Lucio Ball. I did that last year too. <laughs> or the Halloween event, the Doctor Junkenstein. Like, I love that. Yep, the Junkenstein. Yep, the mm-hmm. first time was great, but then after a while, like, okay, I, I thought it would be a little different, but. I mean, yeah. to be fair, to be even getting mileage out of a game this old in 2021 is a testament to the game's greatness, at least in it's some true. aspects. So, I mean, I'm glad that. The new heroes. Yeah. Yeah. But I also don't expect many more until Overwatch 2 comes out at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it wouldn't be wise on their part. No. <laughs> But yeah, we will see what Overwatch 2 has to offer. Um, But for now, we're going to take a break, and we will come back to you guys with some fresh gaming content. And we're back. And we got some fresh, hot stuff out the oven. Um, got some <laughs> from our reporters straight on the ground with Dark Souls. John, what's been going on with Dark Souls, man? So as you can see right behind me, there's, uh, there's a lot of... <laughs> Lordran. Uh, there's, uh, there's another sun, uh, sunny day in Lordran. Uh, <laughs> praise, no, it, it. praise it. Praise <laughs> it. Praise be with it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
No, I, I, my update with Dark Souls, because uh, I'm again going through the remastered one, and it's beautiful. It's so much better, like frame rate wise. Like, I there are things I didn't even know what they look like because you know, you know how old games, you know, they just. I think of the squall in uh, Final Fantasy VIII when uh, Renoa is like, "You're the handsomest man here," and he's he's like the most <laughs> mess of a face. Yes. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, but like Dark Souls is kind of the same thing. I'm seeing like this whole new. I'm seeing things that I didn't know existed. I'm like, oh, this thing's actually like. There's actually like textures here. Like there are like writings on the wall, detail and everything. Um. Anyway, so yeah, we're. I'm in. uh, I'm. I just finished uh, uh, Anne Orlando area so i got through the ann arlando archery club um <clears throat> i don't know if you all have you actually miles you haven't gotten that you neither of you have played dark souls country yeah. club the archery club <laughs> but oh. also i would <laughs> I love to why. see the ann arlando country club i'm sure there's one that exists but they're archery, <laughs> they're archery club so ann arlando is uh well known and notorious for having these archers that are just like crack shots just and part of it is their 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 arrows home they home in on you um they i don't know why they just do um so like they're they're like relentlessly shooting at you while you're trying to climb this building on steep edges and fighting them and they're not they're no slouches either they got big shields or decent shields and decent attacks and man uh, <clears throat> and i beat smo and ornstein today actually whoa iconic like yeah. I did not play the first Dark Souls, but Smo and Ornstein, mm. they're that great. Cream. Cream. They're, <laughs> they're great. Um, and I, and I, I'm getting all the same. I mean, what I do miss right now is I'm not playing with when the active community was playing. So like I remember the first time I remember in college, I was playing Dark Souls, the original, and I was I was getting summoned left and right. Like you stand in front of a boss's area, you're gonna like people are were playing it nonstop. And now you know like people are playing, but now now they're choosing between Bloodborne, Dark Souls two, Dark Souls three. You know like which you know there's there's just not right. as large of a player base right now. That's one thing I I kind of miss, and that's like cause I loved beating bosses. Like I would legit fight bosses for hours, uh, like just helping people get through their boss fights, and just enjoying it like practicing for my when i do my own solo run with them mm. uh, so it, it was i i missed that but this game currently is going really well um again i, I i've been thinking about berserk <clears throat> while i'm playing it i am using the uh demon great machete which is like this massive great sword uh so i could one shot some most enemies not not very large ones though but uh does it really stagger them fun. too because that's the best feeling. <laughs> usually, usually. Um, thing is, I could be. It's it's kind of silly to me, but like it happens. You can large swords are really easy to parry, uh, despite them being extremely massive. And my thought, like, how can you parry something so heavy? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like. But I get parried, then you're like, you just get stabbed in the gut, and you're dead. Um, yeah, but I've I've been researching, well, not researching, re-researching lore from dark souls and it's just so phenomenal like i don't know that you two don't i mean you, you i know you two are playing dark souls 3 kind of recently right yes just started it and did you play part two or one at all 
Mm-mm. I did not I play two. I played Bloodborne before this. Wow, you skipped beat three though. Wow, wow, you can't but believe you I'm skipped. At, I'm at the beginning. Cause yeah, well, either way, like the the lore is just truly what it's for. Like I I love everything that's happening in it. Um, yeah, but more or less my build, I'm 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 used to using the intel intelligence, but like I use casting magic. But like fighting face to face, it's pretty exhilarating. It is. <laughs> it really, really is. <laughs> Bl- Bloodborne taught me that for sure. But like even Dark Souls Two taught me that too. But like yeah, like going through this first one like this, like I've never seen the game like this before. I've just always, I've always casted magic. I felt, I feel the exact opposite way, like um, playing as a magic user in three, because I wanted to, you know, have an opposite experience to my guts build. And like, it was so weird, just like kind of one-shotting people from afar, from my safe (laughs) distance, just greater soul arrow. Bye. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Until I run out at least. I have experienced a few times already where I've lost a massive amount of souls. Um, that sucks, but it's you know it's part of the game, and I don't. I've been really happy with myself because I haven't been upset. <laughs> or when people invade, <laughs> when people in, like relentlessly invade, and right now oh, people are people are being pretty targeted. You know, they're targeting people because there's not many people in certain locations, so they're just kind of traveling to different places trying to invade. Um. So once they get catch someone, they're like, oh, man, this is a group. They're trying to get through this together. They're going to keep trying to summon each other, and I'm going to invade them. That's what um, was happening with us because we were playing. It was my first time, so I was playing with Miles and my two brothers. So it was a group of four of us, and it was just constant invasions. It was funny, though, to see the varying kinds of responses. Like Some people didn't want to fight us at all. Others would do like weird shit <laughs> like they would taunt <laughs> us or like wave at us or like try and get us to come like go like follow them to random places or just like goof around with <clears> us <throat> others just like truly <laughs> had a bloodthirst <laughs> and wanted to take all three of us down it was just really strange <laughs> or, like, i mean cool. some time some yeah i have to ask you about this just real quick just because like this i just couldn't i couldn't handle like when i heard this for the first time but like Apparently, like the noises that the, the the voice commands that are in the game <laughs> when you're playing co-op or whatever. Yeah, help me! <laughs> oh, that's the uh, that's Hawkeye Ghost. Goth Ghost. Why um, though? Yeah, that's like. That's... Can you please tell me why this is? Why did they do Wait, this? What's the other one? Hey! <laughs> hey! Hello! Hi! Oh, yeah. Hello! There you go. Ooh. These voices are so goofy, and I'm like, "What is this game?" Sometimes, <laughs> yeah, that was uh, in the original DL- in the Dark Souls DLC. Um, when you go to Ulastil, there's a guy. One of the one of Gwyn's four knights is Hawkeye Goff, and he loses his eyes, and he whatever. But he um he's he he starts carving these stones like these greeting stones and like he gives you them and that's that's where they started from like you just they're they're, they're more or less they're like uh, like a what an emoticon of some sort like a verbal <laughs> but like why does it sound yeah, like funny. this I say the voice not. actor yeah like, it's now it, it's, yes it's etched in my brain because when we played with her brothers it's like we would just hear that constantly, either trying constantly. to get the people to not hurt us or try to get their attention or people trying to communicate. 
And this is like, help me. Hello. <laughs> hey. <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah. I haven't gotten those yet. I, I missed those. Those, those carvings. Oh, man. <laughs> have y'all have y'all run into any funny messages? Mm. I mean, other than the ones that are right up, right next to cliffs, <laughs> like oh, check down here. <laughs> oh yeah, there's a there's a secret down here. Why don't you take a roll for it? You haven't seen the the try try finger butthole ones. <laughs> no. no, I have not. You have not. That's like a very that's a very common. One. Uh, like, usually, if there's like a you know. How, like, you know how you find items on like corpses? Mm. Yeah. Like, usually they're on some kind of corpse of some sort. Um sometimes if the if it's like a permanent fixture in the world, like it's like a corpse that's sitting in a chair or something, um, they'll have messages alluding to something. Oh, there's one in Dark Souls mm. too, where this dude that's in a wheelchair <laughs> and people Put the messages around him surrounding this man saying oh, no. weakness, no, low, no legs or something like weakness. <laughs> Damn. Oh, this community. <laughs> Dark Souls one. When do you know? Do you know Guinevere? Have you, yeah. Do you, oh yes. <laughs> yeah, the, the, there's usually a message of like. Uh, amazing chest ahead, <laughs> <laughs> stuff like yeah, that, I <laughs> and I just can't can't help but like enjoy that. Because <laughs> like you know, they did not intend for you to say finger butthole. <laughs> I swear that's like one of my favorite things as well. Like them limiting communication to just these like tiny messages and like weird emoticons. It's like it makes my whole experience as, for multiplayer really just the creative ways people try to communicate. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. Like, did, did, oh, go ahead. May this game series never get a headset. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Seriously. I don't think it, I, I think it would take away from it entirely, but um yeah, no, I'm glad. I'm glad you two are enjoying it as well. I'm. I'll continue my journey with it. I'm going to Dark Souls two eventually, and I'll probably go to three, and then, um, then Bloodborne eventually. I was thinking of doing Sekiro again, but um, mm. I don't know. We'll see. I really enjoyed Sekiro a lot, but it, I can't it, wait it, to it, go back. Yeah, yeah. The thing is, like, my problem is, like, I like to research stuff, and, like, sometimes it can consume my life. Mm. <laughs> I understand. I understand very well. Yeah. So uh, that's my update in Dark Souls, though. So. Yeah. So, awesome. I'm glad you're enjoying it. For our next video game, I want to talk briefly about, because I haven't, you know, I haven't done much. But similarly, in an old game that's been remastered, Mass Effect. <clears throat> did you did you sleep with anyone yet? <laughs> no, not yet. Ah, can't believe that doesn't happen in the first four hours of the game. Crazy. Um, <laughs> I got the legendary edition because you know I don't know if you're a gamer in this current era and someone doesn't mention Mass Effect in their like list of like best games ever, like changed my life. Oh my god, Mass Effect! Like just the way or I heard Effect. that. Or Half-Life. <laughs> oh, right, and Half-Life, definitely. Yeah, Mass right. Effect is always usually in the conversation, and I just completely missed it somehow. I guess I just never cared when I had my 360. 
or and then when I tried it numerous times, like it, oh, I always just bounced off it for some reason. The first one just felt so clunky to me in this like way that I could never get into. But I'm like, okay, Legendary Edition, everything's in 4K. They updated everything. They have all the DLC. I got like, if this is gonna be the it, it's a like, it's either I'm gonna try this one, and if I either get it or I don't get it, and like that's it. No more tries after this. So like I'm giving it my full ass college try. And so far, it has been an incredible experience, to be honest. Really? Really? I, I watched the trail. I watched the uh, game ranks is I my, one of my favorite YouTube channels actually. They do it before you buy, like for videos. And I watched this one. I thought it looked really good. The ca- the combat looks a little clunky to me still, but what do you think? It is. It is clunky, but it actually is kind of it's doable. It's doable. Like, um, I don't know. There's there's this interesting way of fighting that just feels kind of archaic. It feels like an old game when you're playing it in terms of the combat, especially in terms of the UI and the way you control powers and stuff. Because you can, like, hold the shoulder button, and then you have access to all of your, like, team's abilities. And so it stops time, essentially, and lets you select from this, like, menu list of what powers you want to use and stuff like that. But that's the part that I enjoy. Because, like, you can actually – you feel like a commander – of like kind of, of really just like an RPG, much like Final Fantasy, you know, except it's also a shooter at the same time because you're just looking at this menu list of all their abilities and talents. And then you can just have them like lift up an enemy with psychic powers, throw them away, like, you know, use a, a, a hacking ability on a robot enemy or, you know, recharge your shields or heal all the party members, things like that. And so, like, combining that with your build, which would, I mean, in my case, I'm a soldier, so just all straight weapons, no, like, crazy stuff. And, like, that's just, it's been great being able to play as a soldier and have and be, like, weapons-based, but have the powers of, like, the psychic or the magical characters, like, in my party and make them, and it feels like it's me. So, like, I feel like I don't feel like I've wasted specking into the soldier character, if that makes sense. But, mm-hmm. like... The combat is still the weakest part, I think, of Mass Effect 1, at least. But, like, the world building makes it all worth it. I mean, mm. I am just, like, kind of jaw-dropped in a sense of how much detail is put into this world. Like, speaking of, like, <laughs> detailed worlds like Berserk, right? It's just, like, the amount... The Bible for this game must have been huge. The writers, you know, because every piece of lore... There's like a codex entry that is like voice narrated, you know, for almost everything. All of the different races of aliens are super unique and different. Like the way that they communicate with each other, their politics, their ecosystem that they grew up on, their body shapes and like how their body shapes was like how they've evolved these body shapes from living in their certain planetary ecosystems, their economy. Like I'm talking about we know all these details as well as their relationships with other races. Like, one alien race doesn't like humans, but has a really strong relationship with this other, like, I don't know, mental thinking-only type race. And <laughs> I don't know. It, it's like examples like that in terms of just, like, deep and, like, um, complex relationships between different species and how the game, like, has the Citadel, which is, like... Um, it's like this space station that houses all of these, all of these different races and uh, species together because they're all like under the same political alliance together. And so they like live in this like multi-ethnic diverse megatropolis 
And so, yeah. like, it, you kind of deal with a lot of the problems that come from that kind of thing and what kind of politics that need to, like, be put in place to make sure that everyone feels like they're being represented appropriately. And I don't know, it just feels very adult and mature in a lot of ways that I feel like games used to gloss over in the past. Like, they would just give you really simple objectives, you know, even for an RPG, like, you got to save the world. But, like, this is, like, you do have to save the world, but neither of these is, like, in a way that's going to make anybody, like, there's, like, there's going to be someone unhappy in all of these situations. So you kind of have to make a compromise between different people and, like, understand, like, and, you know, you have to make a personal choice of, like, what's worth the risk. Gotcha. And, like, all of, the, all of the decisions have felt that way. So, like, if you are a fan of, like, Witcher 3 and the way that it handled, like, RPG decision-making um, in terms of, like, oh, man, I, I honestly don't know what to pick in terms of, like, you know, what this quest is making me choose between. Mass Effect really kind of set the stage for all that. And I feel mm -hmm. like it has it even in spades. And for me, honestly, I find it more engaging than Witcher 3, specifically because I am just not that big a fan of, like, the high fantasy medieval setting of Witcher 3, but I do very much like the hard science fiction that Mass Effect is offering. And like that, the That's awesome. Yeah, and like the game onboards you into this whole idea really well. Like you like the very first couple of hours and the tutorial mission and all that stuff like that, they really establish the story and your part in it. And like you get invested very quickly in this massive world that is way more way bigger than you would think. And uh, I don't know, I've just been like, so far, it has just been a really great time. And I'm at the open world aspect now where I can just pick what missions I want to go on and I have all my party already. So like, you know, deciding who I want to bring on this mission and like how I want to customize my team, you know, for this particular like mission has just been, I don't know, it's been really cool. I feel like I have a lot of agency and choice. And That's it'll awesome. be really interesting to see how that carries on throughout the rest of the trilogy, because I've never played a game that I haven't played any of this a game series that like keeps your save from the previous game. So I want to know how my first the choices I'm making in this game will affect me in the, the next two. That's that's you know I, that's part of what I really wanted to find out for myself too, because the only game that I know that does that something similar is uh was the, the Dot Hack series. Um, mm, I don't know yeah. if you've ever played those. Like, yeah, the, and I and those are so extremely difficult to find. Um, but yeah, but like, I'd love to see. I'd love to know the story of Mass Effect. I know there was controversy about the ending as well, where they had to like change it because it was so disappointing. I guess. <laughs> yeah, I heard about that. I have no idea what it was, but I'm curious to know now. Um, did you make your character look like you? Somewhat. <laughs> He's black. <laughs> Does that count? <laughs> and it, his name is Miles Shepard. <laughs> is it Miles Shepard? <laughs> That's cute. So how much do your decisions impact the gameplay? Uh, hard to say, honestly. Like, I, I'm really just kind of, like, seeing as I go. In some situations, like there was a mission where like I could have peacefully talked down, you know, someone who was taking an asteroid hostage and trying to crash it into like a, a planet, you know, I could have talked them down, but like I didn't have the points, you know, to get them mm -hmm. to do it. So I had to fight and kill them. I wonder what it would have meant if I had, uh, you know, 
if I if I kept him around. And the same thing for like after I killed that guy, there was his boss was like had was basically holding the people, the scientists on that asteroid hostage. And so I could either like let him go to save the hostages or go after him, in which case he would detonate these explosive charges that would kill the hostages. And mm. like I let him go so I can save the hostages, but I'm wondering how that's going to affect me later in this game or even in later games. He might not appear until like Mass Effect 3. And then it's like, oh my God, that guy I let go in like Mass Effect 1, it just came and just killed my best friend. Like that could very well happen. Mm. So I don't know. But like, mm. there was another cool moment too, actually, where, you know, because I'm a commander of a ship or whatever, like I'm pretty famous. Like you play as a famous person in the in the world. And so when you go back to that megatropolis that I was talking about, uh, the Citadel, you get interviewed by a reporter who's just asking you like questions or whatever. <laughs> and so she's asking you all these questions and like you can answer them affirmatively, negatively, or like neutrally, just like, you know, you don't want to be involved. And like I accidentally spoke too much on a subject without knowing um, how my superiors felt about it. And they chastised me afterwards being like, yo, we were not revealing that information yet. What are you doing? It was very real. It was like a, it, it, it had like the entire conversation tree with the reporter felt like being put on the spot. Like it felt just like how it would feel probably for a celebrity being mm. put on the spot in a controversial situation, you know? Interesting. And I don't know the role playing in that aspect. just is like really interesting. Just when people, talk to me and stuff like that you feel like an actual famous commander and you have this weight on your shoulders hmm. i might have and to try this man there's, you, there's just too many damn games to play though it's true <laughs> it's true <laughs> yeah. i was i was hesitant but like i don't know the hype kind of got me on this one so <laughs> so wait what, what did you sacrifice for it I don't know what I lost just yet, but they did chastise me. And I'm like, yo, I'm never going to do that again. I'm sorry. I really did not mean to speak out of turn. I'm just a soldier, man. Like I look, she, she cornered me and I just, I just spoke the truth. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. I meant what did you, what other games did you sacrifice to play? Oh, oh. <laughs> man. Well, Shin Megami Tensei is about to come out. I'm not talking about this on this podcast, but Shin Megami Tensei 3 Nocturne is about to come out for the Switch. And that is That's a game right. that I have wanted for PS2 since I was like 13 or something like that. So it's crazy that this is going to be in a portable form. And I'm upset that Dante is not going to be in it. But I do really want to play that game. And that's, a, that's another 100-hour RPG that mm -hmm. I'd be playing on top of Mass Effect. And so I just don't have time. <laughs> and Overwatch, if you're playing yeah. that. And Dark Souls 3. Oh, not anymore. Okay, see, so that's where it's hard. Like I choosing <laughs> to stick with. Oh my gosh, it's like anxiety. Sometimes I, I'll, I'll legit be sitting in my front room. I'm like, what should I play? I have too many options. I'm not gonna play anything. <laughs> that's what I'm makes just... it feel crappy about Overwatch because it's not you don't actually play a story. Like you could just play Overwatch forever. And I have so yeah. many games that <laughs> I'm neglecting that actually have storylines where I'm like, that's, you should be playing those. You'll have so much time to play video games. <laughs> but is that more important or is the fun the important part, right? You know, why do we come to games? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> See, if there's a year where I'm like, oh, what did you do? Oh, I played Overwatch all year. I'm the best at it. Or if I said, oh, I played Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. I finished that. Exactly. So 
I finished. Yeah, that's that's God where War, I Red Dead Redemption, like you know, all that. Like, cause like, yeah, cause like Breath of the Wild, I'm finishing. I'm trying to finish right now, but it's like that game's never ending. Finish? Uh, yeah. Wow. Oh my goodness. Like, yeah. No. There's way. no. Like I'm just starting up my village and everything, and like I don't know. It's like I'm like ah man, more things to do. Um, love it. Dark Souls too, like as well. I'm like trying to do that. Like I want to get to the second one, which is gonna take a long time. We finishing Anna Orlando took like almost an hour and a half, two hours. Like doing it with Joe and I, helping each other through it. Wow. Yeah, and it's just like man, that that was took longer than I thought. And I guess I could do it myself faster because you know you don't gotta wait, but. It's so much more fun this way. You get a lot mm-hmm. more souls. You know, you get stronger, faster. Um, but yeah, because I really want to play Mass Effect too, and I really want to play. I don't know. Just there's so many other games that are gonna come. Devil May Cry Five was actually on my list. I really want to replay that. Any Resident uh-huh. Evil? You gonna play that? Uh, I'll wait. I do want to play it. I just, it's. it's I'm just not a crazy Resident Evil fan. Um, I respect the series and I love the series. It's just I have so many other I have so many other games that are calling my name. Yeah, like like series, like really, like actually calling my name. <laughs> <laughs> Sam. <laughs> and on top of that, shows, TV shows, and such. Yeah. Um. This, oh, if, yeah. You don't mind, if you don't mind me segueing into, um, are you the host? Excuse Please. me, sir. Please I I. I I, I um, no, we're so, actually actually probably right after this this our finished recording. We're gonna I'm gonna go watch Hunter X Hunter with my family. We're yes. uh, we are at the like fourth fifth episode of Greed Island now. Um, yeah. yeah, and it's I mean it's this my rewatch, but like I love I'm loving this rewatch, and I'm actually watching it in the dub, which is surprisingly good. Oh, interesting. Nice. Where in Greed Island, if I may ask specifically? Sorry for uh, all the people who... No, uh, no right right before like, Bisky's true introduction. Like, before mm-hmm. they actually know what he's about. Gotcha. I mean, <clears throat> the through line through this whole episode, right, has been amazing world building. And again, Hunter, Hunter, one of the best world building <laughs> I can turn in, in an anime that I've enjoyed at least. <clears throat> Yes, indeed. That's massive, and also one that I mean, I don't want to speak too uh, grimly, but also another one that seems like it may be unfinished. Um, oh yeah, just, mm-hmm. just also and I'm not notorious for its hiatuses. Yeah, and I'm not saying necessarily because the the creator could pass away. Maybe I don't know. It looks like it. I don't know. He does but have health way, issues. The problem I think <laughs> mostly is like there are just so many unanswered questions that like I can't imagine it all being wrapped up. As, as neatly as I would want. You know, like there's, I've been watching so many lore videos on like Hunter Hunter as well, comparing the manga to the anime and et cetera. And like, yeah, there, there's a lot of things that we've never really figured out yet. Agreed. There is a, like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the show covers so much and answers many questions in and of itself, but the manga just opens a billion more. And it's like, wow, this guy is truly ambitious. Like, Tagashi, <laughs> like knowing that he puts the show on hiatus so often, like he would continue to open it up and like ask even more questions, like in you know 
develop it even further, you know, like expand the world even more. It's like, if anything, you would close it in more if you were a person that was going through what he's doing. But you expect that it's wrapping up and really he just introduces a whole other element. (laughs) Yeah. And it's like, it's crazy. Yeah. So like we're, we're watching that. We're loving it. Uh, My daughter loves it. She loves Kilua Um, and gone like their relationship. Um, Know, it's just such again like it's such a amazing world they build that's continually being built all the time like you see just how small like even though it seemed like they were on a grand scope of some like in some worldly thing it actually things are actually bigger than that like there's so much more than just this huge disaster that's happening or this test that's happening or whatever right i love like the fact that the world is so big yes but also that all the characters have like their own place in it because, I mean, other animes do this, other mangas do this, but, like, it really feels it's like a strength with Hunter Hunter where you're following Gon and his journey, but every character he meets and every character that follows him or is, like, a villain against him, and I even use air quotes for villain, all have their own motivations and their own storylines and their own journeys. And, like, they're just ne- merely passing Gon mm-hmm. <laughs> on their own journey, and he's not even really a focus to them. Mm-hmm. Um Especially in the York New Arc, um, like that, especially with the with the uh, Spider Crew, <laughs> um, the Spider Crew, the Spider Crew. <laughs> <laughs> um, they each have like they're like they're just they don't even really notice gone essentially. Like they just have their own their own goals completely, and are just doing their own thing. And I, I just feel like it's a it's just a huge strength of the show. Yeah, mm-hmm. everyone is moving in their own directions on their own. That is it, great. It makes the world feel so much more like <clears throat> solid that you feel like everyone can live in it. And as a parent too, like watching this with my daughter and my partner, it's every it's like it shows a side of anime that I don't think is always present in every anime, like just how large these things can get and how deceptively dark it can get. Um but at the same time, it never seems like it's ever, in my opinion, it never feels like inappropriate or too or too much or going outside of its already, you know, its norm. Um, and I, I, just, I just feel like it's always building on itself. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I had a question. Um, at watching it with a you know, young child, like, do you feel like, how has Nen been in like talking about it with your family? Like, do you guys are like anything been confusing or weird like that? Because I feel like it's a complex system that they introduce. But I was wondering how that onboarding was for someone who was younger. Yeah, I think you know, I think it part of it is like, oh, it's just a cool power. But I think the fact that they mentioned that it's connected to your personality and who you are, like everyone has the ability to to, sh- to make it you like a unique power, even if they're the same type of. Uh, user then user they can still have very differing ways of manifesting it um so like as opposed to like other sh- other powers like in other shows like jojo's bizarre adventure or like you know it's not always super clear why they have the powers they have mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. but in this, like that makes it like at least they go out of their way to explain a lot of it mm-hmm. um, yeah like Hisoka talking about bungee gum and uh, like whoever you know like they're using their abilities it's like, oh, it's tied to who their character is in some kind of, in some way. Yeah. 
I just know that, like, especially with the amount of terms that they end up throwing around, like N and Ten, yeah, Co yeah. and <laughs> Ken, especially with, with 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 biscuits training. Like, I'm interested in how um, how your daughter will feel about it. You know, yeah, yeah, we'll see. You know, I think it definitely gets more complex. I think, especially in the next arc, um, I think yeah, it just it'll be. Weird. <laughs> I'm thinking specifically kites kites ability too, and yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Does she yeah, have a favorite character? Okay, you can say Killua. Right. Yeah, Killua and Karapka. Right. I think because his conviction, he's definitely got a lot of a lot of that. <laughs> Certainly. Um, yeah, but like overall, just having a really good time with it, and it reminds me of my first time watching the show. And like, it, I'm seriously, I I've had like a shift in my life with anime. Um, like, I used to be a sub only kind of guy, but like having Azalea not being able to read fast enough initially to watch sub shows, so I've had to watch dubbed, and I've found a, 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 I have an immense love and appreciation for the dub itself. Mm. I'm glad so, it's good. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, that is great. It's, it's just relatively such a, new for Hunter Hunter, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is actually, and I don't know. I love the voices that are in it. Like all the people that are in it are, in my opinion, paving the path for dubs to be more appreciated than you know than they have been in the past hmm. um, so i i'm i'm digging it um awesome a lot of characters come from uh miraculous ladybug <laughs> the, the tv show either <laughs> <laughs> of you know that the miraculous ladybug no i have heard the name <laughs> and that is all you're gonna get from me <laughs> it is animated series i would say mostly for children it's i mean but it's very an it's very anime like they have powers and stuff like that it's just small you know kid level like very grounded mm-hmm. kid appropriate uh girl you know girl going through you know life uh liking boys doing things you know whatever um really good but like a lot of the voice actors in it are also in a lot more anime nowadays um Cat Noir is in Osuke, uh for Demon Slayer. Uh, oh, what's it? Uh, uh, Christina Valenzuela is Kilua, who is who is also Ladybug. Keith Silverstein, who is Hawk Moth, is also uh, the 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 main the principal dude in Jujutsu Kaisen. Uh, I can't the guy with the glasses that makes the I can't remember his name. Um, he's him, and he's also Hisoka. And I just okay. I think it's per. Like it's just. I, perfect voices, perfectly cho- uh, chosen voices for these people. Does anyone have accents? <clears throat> uh, what do you mean, like an accent? Like, like anything besides standard, like American accent? <laughs> mm. Like any of the characters in Hunter Hunter? I mean, do they give them like crazy accents or? Not always, not usually. I can't think of anyone with an accent. <laughs> Well, they're a step above you, Hakusho, at least in that regard. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Because Kilo, I, no cause I feel like Irish accent or something. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I don't I really don't think that because like these are like Kilo's voice. I feel like fits him very well. Gone. Like at this point, I feel very convinced. Hisoka, especially. I mean, yeah, it's a little weird at first. I think going from one to the other, but I feel like it is a, it is what it would sound like in English. Mm. Like Stephanie Shea for Sailor Moon, I I, I love her. Sailor Moon. Like I think she sounds just like what the Japanese voice sounds like, but in English. Oh, nice. 
right, so with that, guys, I think we're going to wrap up here. Um, it's been a great time with you guys, of course, as always. It's always nice to catch up. I always like hearing from you two. And I know you two talk to each other every day because I don't know. You like each other or something. I don't know. Not every day. (laughs) 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 Just kidding. (laughs) But we're going to wrap it up here, guys. So thanks for joining us once again. And we'll see you next time where we're probably going to talk about Demon Slayer. But we'll see about that. Um, Yeah. Yeah, keep your eyes open and get ready for those updates on your favorite podcast app or whatever the hell you listen to us with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you for listening. Pretty. Yeah. <laughs> and Preen's mom. Yeah. Shout out yes. to Preen's mom. Shout out to Preen's mom. Woo! All right. Bye, guys. Bye.